0: Can we just worship, just lift up some praise to God right now? Just say, thank you, Father God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in my life. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in this region, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, God, that you make a way. Thank you, God, that you make a way, God. But there seems to be no way, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you're here with us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Uh, when I was just back there, I was just thinking about this that I feel like God was saying that he's rewriting your story. He's rewriting maybe how the definition of your life has been or how you see things. And I just remember, I was just thinking about when he led Joshua into the promised land. He, he told him the promise. He said, like, this is the promise, but everyone else saw the giants. But Joshua saw the promised land. That's what he saw. He said, oh, but it's flowing with milk and honey. It's, we got so many things for us. But but everyone else saw the giants. And I think that's the thing is, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the promise that God placed in front of you? Are you looking at what he said? he called you to become something he called you to fulfill something are you looking at that or are you looking at the giants are you looking at the obstacles that are going to trip you up come on if we look at the obstacles then we'll never get the promise if we look at the obstacles we'll never fulfill the call on our lives come on god's got big things god's got big things come on The obstacles can't keep you from getting there. Come on, you're God's kid. You're God's kid. You're God's kid, he can make a way. He says, I make a way when there seems to be no way. I make a way when there seems to be no way. Come on, come on. He's got big things. Come on, this isn't the end of your story. This isn't the end. It's just the beginning! It's just the beginning! Come on! (laughs) Thank you, God. And the devil tried to lie. He tried to lie to you. Come on, this isn't the end of your story. It's just the beginning. Come on. you're about to walk into some great things come on you're about to walk into great things come on you're gonna change history thank you god yes come on you believe that you believe that today it's gonna happen amen thank you god well it's a good day huh it's a good day you guys can greet your neighbor. <laughs>
1: wow, you already got a good sermon this morning. Amen. Come on. Praise <laughs> God. I want to receive the offering. Uh, if you're giving, we'd like the ushers to please come forward. If you're giving cash, we'd like a receipt. Just slip your hand up one of these ushers. There are ushers, right? Well, there's some, sure. So if you're, if you're giving cash, just slip your hand up. One of these ushers We give you an offering envelope. Uh, if you make it out a check, you can make it out to Destiny Church. Praise God. Isn't God good? Amen. Let's pray over our offering today. Lord, thank you that we can give. Thank you that you love a cheerful giver. You love to bless your people, God. And you, Lord, when we, we're giving, we're a lot like you because you're a giver. We just appreciate all that you've done for us. We thank you for the harvest of righteous we'll reap. In Jesus' name we pray. We believe it. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, men, pass the offering buckets. And uh, I wanted to just mention that a couple things before we go here, or not before we go, before I get into the sermon. Um, just remind you that we are, if, if we don't have your updated mat- uh, information, Dave will be out at the back table there and he'll take all your updated information. So um, I think we're going to make it through this winter without having to cancel church. It's, getting, it's nip and tuck, but it's it's looking pretty good. But usually, um, not usually, but one, sometimes, I don't know what what's the right word to use, but we have been known to cancel church because of our roads are plugged up with weather or whatever. And so we like to be able to inter- inform you. So if you give us your updated, or if you've changed, you have change, you... Uh, change your address or something has changed, let us know so that we can keep in contact with you uh, if something comes up. Amen. Praise God. So, and also in the foyer, there's a rack of books there that were just given away. People donate books, and so we just give them away. So if you want a book, just take a book if you're a book reader. You should be a Leaders are readers, so you should be a reader. Amen. So if you have. Um, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them this morning with me to Philippians chapter one. I, I, I titled this message "Pruning Unproductive Thoughts." Prune, thats a pretty good graphic. Pruning unproductive thoughts or nonproductive thoughts, uh, and uh, I uh, I think that you know talking about your thought life is probably something everybody should do about. We should we should do this about every two months. We should have a sermon. On talking about your thought life, I remember when I was growing up. We, I grew up in like a full gospel church. We, uh, and what I mean by that is that you know we believed in gifts of the spirit, and um, we believed in being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with tongues. Basically, we followed Assembly of God doctrine. That's how I grew up. Went to Assembly of God Bible College, and um, for a short time. But um, I, uh, I, uh, and so. Um, but but we never like because we believed in healing, and there was mind science religions that, uh, that also kind of you know they believed in healing and, and different things, but they kind of believe in denying reality. And so we, I never like to talk about your mind because so we always talked about our spirit and how important our spirit was. But what was surprising to me is to actually look at Scripture and see how how much your mind, and how you think affects your life. Uh, what you think. And, and remember last week I talked about there's a God, to every situation there's a God part, there's a man part, your part. And, you know, we get frustrated a lot of times when we try to do God's part. And uh, it gets frustrating when, when God's expecting us to do our part and we're not doing it. And so we have to be able to strike that balance between what is my responsibility, what is God's responsibility how many can see what I'm saying? And so one of the things that you can do, one of the things that you can do is you can renew your mind. And uh, and some powerful things happen when you renew your minds. But there's a verse here. I didn't put this verse up there, but in Philippians chapter one, the apostle Paul said said to this church that God started a work in you and that God will be faithful to finish it. God who started the work in you, he will be faithful to finish it. Isn't that good news? Isn't that wonderful? In other words, he's not gonna give up on you. You might give up on you, but he ain't gonna give up on you. He's gonna, he started it, he's gonna keep working until he finishes it. Then the next verse, Paul says this, it is right for me to think this of you because I have you in my heart and mind. And I, and I, I, I was fastened on that word right. It says, he said, it's right for me to think this of you. So I looked up up the word right, and the word right actually means righteous. It's righteous for me to think like this. So I thought to myself, there is righteous thinking and there's unrighteous thinking. And so Paul says, for me to think this, for me to think that God who started the work is faithful to, he'll be faithful to finish it, he goes, that's righteous thinking. So he goes, I want to have righteous thinking. So I started thinking about that a lot, about how important it is for us to have righteous thinking or thinking that is consistent with the way God thinks. Because God thinks a certain way, and he wants us to think like him. Otherwise, he, would never, he wouldn't give us the Bible, because the Bible is full of God's thoughts, right? And so, I mean, God's thought, this is, these are God's thoughts about any subject. This is God's thoughts about marriage. These are God's thoughts about finances. This is God's thoughts about raising kids. This is God's thoughts about everything, about what your life should be and how you should, how you should be. These are God's thoughts. And so he goes, he goes in Isaiah chapter 55, he tells us to forsake our, he goes, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. Then he says, you forsake your thoughts and your ways and you adopt my thoughts and my ways. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to forsake our thoughts. And how many know this? True that we all have a default mechanism. When something comes up, we go back. We we default back to a certain thing. And sometimes what we default back to is not good. How many know that's true? But but you know they say this. Um, I was reading this book by this guy who's talking about your mind, and he and he says that you know when you start when you think thoughts. Certain kind of thoughts. Let's say you think evil thoughts like lustful thoughts. When you think lustful thoughts, the more you think them, the easier it is for your mind to go default back to that. You see, if you're a guy, you see a beautiful woman. And so your mind defaults back to that. It's easy to do that. And what happens is the more you do that, the wider that pathway, it's called, they're called neurons. I think it's neurons. The wider those pathways become. And so and that's just one example, but it can be with anything. It can be like fear, like, like you hear something on the news and all of a sudden you fear. You, you default back to, a, to the thoughts of fear. And the more you give into that type of thinking, the more your mind it develops like a neuron or a pathway that gets, it gets wider and wider. And so now it's so easy for you to think that way. I mean, the minute you hear it, you just go immediately, you just fall back into that. And it's just easy for you to get there. How many know that's true? It's like you, every one of you here, I guarantee you that you did not come the shortest way from your house here. I'm not saying that you did a, a nature trip, but, but the shortest way is as the crow flies. Right? So how, how did you come? You came by road. I, I guess, I'm i guessing that. I mean, you, you followed the road. You might have even took the interstate. But, but you followed the easiest way. And that's how, you know, they actually say that thinking new thoughts burns energy. And your mind is efficient. And so your mind does not want to, your brain does not want to accept new thoughts. So it wants to go back to what you always think. Because it's your brain is very efficient. That's why it's hard to lose weight, because your brain is very efficient. And so your brain, it brain stores things. And so the same is true with your thinking. When you think a certain way and you think that way, it gets wider and wider. And so it's easy. It's lazy. It's like lazy thinking. Just like, what do you think? You know, it's like blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like. You know, you go, what about this? blah blah blah. You never ha- never have a new thought because it's so easy to think the same way. Have you ever talked to somebody who seems like they're stuck? It's like, "Your computer's stuck." You know, you like you cuz it's like you 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 think the same way. It's like like how, why do people not go to church or they don't believe in God? Because they have some way that they thought, they think. They've thought that way for years, and so as soon as you bring up the subject of God or church, If they've they've thought about it in the past and they have like a negative thought, it doesn't mean the thought's good. But they'll go, well, all Christians are hypocrites. Or, you know, they'll say something. I don't go to church. I got hurt in church. And so they have this this pathway that they immediately go on. And that's where they thought, that's where their thinking goes, because that is the lazy way to think. How many can see what I'm saying? And so sometimes it's a challenge to think differently. It's like, you know, um, I don't know if, you know, uh, you know, I've done a little bit of marriage counseling. I'm not very good at it because I just I feel like just saying, suck it up. Come on. You know, know. but I've done I've done a little bit of it. But it's so funny to listen to people talk because you can see that they like if if they're having trouble, it's usually they, they have some issue. Well, you know, he's always he has never stepped up. You know, he ne- he have never stepped up and taken responsibility. So the next time I see you, he's never taken stepped up and take. And so, and I'm looking at the guy. I'm going, uh, uh, I think he's done pretty good. You know, so I'm looking at it differently than what. And so we can look at the same situation and we can come to a different conclusion based on how we think. How many follow what I'm saying? You know, what's so interesting about thinking, and most people don't realize this, but. You know, the whole human race, Satan took the whole human race captive with a lie. You know, I mean, when when Adam and Eve were in the garden, I mean, they were basically armed and dangerous. And they were insulated because they were in the presence of God. They were in a state of innocence. And so when the enemy approached them, he didn't say, I am the devil. And I am going to get you in a headlock, you know, and I'm going to take you down. Because he would have never won that way. So he had to just come and he had to to start suggesting something. And so he actually took the whole human race captive with a lie. He got them to believe something that's not true. And what I have always found is that what he did once, because it was successful, he'll do again and again. But most most of us don't purposely believe something that's not true. I mean, I don't want to believe something that's not true. But the thing is, is that if I'm if I'm just lazy, I, I don't know I don't know why I'm saying that. But if I'm just lazy in my thinking, and just I just kind of let's just say, well, you know, blah blah blah, you know, you know, well, you know, and I just fall back on my default. Uh, beliefs or, or default where I've never really thought through them and I've never really taken time in the scriptures and studied the scriptures for myself and read the scriptures for myself and let God speak to me through the scriptures myself. If I've never done that then I just accept any little thought that floats around in the air and here it comes and I just pick it up and I just believe it. And then if somebody brings that subject up I just go yeah well this. And it just becomes kind of a lazy way of of approaching life. You know, the Bible says this uh, in Romans chapter 12. I'm kind of jumping around. I, I uh, forgive forgive the forgive me person in the back who's putting the verses up there. But um, in Romans chapter 12, a very well-known verse. In verse two, Paul said, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. He said that he said that if your mind doesn't get transformed, if your if your mind doesn't get transformed, you can't prove the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. You can't prove it. In other words, because when God tries to talk to you, because God does, I'm not talking about hearing voices, but I'm just saying that God will give you an impression He'll give you an impression. He'll he'll give you an impression, but you won't pick it up if your mind's not renewed. Your mind will reject it. He said that if he said be transformed and that word transform is a very powerful word. We've talked about it so many times. It means to be metamorphosis. It means to be totally transformed, just like a caterpillar goes is transformed into a butterfly. So it goes from a bug with a bunch of legs that looks creepy. Buddy, I'm telling you, caterpillars look creepy. Right? And they just kind of crawl on things, they crawl on you, and oh, I hate bugs. Right? I mean, isn't that true? They crawl all over you, and they're crawling, got all these legs, and they're crawling. So that's how you are before your mind is, is renewed. It says that we are transformed that, that's the word metamorphosis that a caterpillar goes through becomes a butterfly. So now it's this majestic, it goes from this crawly little thing with a lot of legs to this beautifully, beautiful, majestic thing that flies around. And wow, isn't that pretty? It's got wings, it flies around. That's what happens to you when you go through this renewing of the mind. Otherwise what you are is just kind of an earthbound creature that responds to impulses that a lot of times they're not very good. How many know what I mean? And so you, he says here That we are transformed. Don't conform, but be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. See, I always think, you know, it has to be something deeper than that. It has to be something more profound than that. It has to be something that's like God, where I have a supernatural experience, and I believe in supernatural experiences. But it has to be something profound or something You know, way out there, you know, otherwise I won't change. But actually, he says, no, no, it's right there between your ears. You change that thing right there between your ears and your life will be transformed. You know, I remember years ago, uh, you know, I was I was praying about. Well, what we should do as far as a church. And uh, so I prayed in the spirit for, like, from Minneapolis to, to Ashby, the whole, the whole way I prayed in the Spirit. At the end of that, when I got done praying, when I got to Ashby, all of a sudden this impression came inside me call this realtor. Now, I thought to myself, now what has that got to do with anything? But I thought, well, I mean, I got the, the, the impression was very strong call this realtor. And so I had my own interpretation of what that meant. It's a long story, but that's how we ended up in the house that we're in right now. Because he was the only person that knew the owners wanted to sell it. Because they had contacted the owner. The owners had contacted him. And he said, you could only get this much for it. And they wanted more. And so they just left it. Just let it sit there for, like, I think it was two years or something. And so the only person in this whole area knew that the owners wanted to sell it was this one realtor. And so when I got to the Ashby exit, I had this impression, call this realtor. But I, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that if my mind would not have been renewed, I'd have rejected that. I thought, well, that's a dumb thing to do. Because there's a lot of things that, are, that seem dumb in the natural. Like if you need money, give, your money, give some money away. is dumb. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't make sense. That, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. And we, fought, we have a fallback. We have a fallback position if we don't allow our minds to be renewed. We fall back to that fallback position. You know, I was listening to this preacher and way back in 2017. Remember way back in 2017? Seemed like centuries ago. But way back in 2017, this preacher said that he had just had the greatest year he had ever had. So I'm thinking, wow, the greatest year. I mean, he said since I, I and he was like in his 50s. Since I was born, I just had the greatest year of my life. Twenty sixteen, he said, was the greatest year I've ever had. And I thought, well, I gotta listen to this. He might have won the he might have won the lottery or won the what is that other thing they call it? The Powerball. Powerball just checking. <laughs> <If you> knew, <laughs> just checking to see if you knew who that was. Just joking. And so I just thought maybe he had won something, won a lot of money or whatever, you know, or his mother in law moved out, or something. You know, I mean, something. You're thinking, you're thinking like, something like, see, now all the mother in laws are mad at me. But, anyways, you know, you're, you're thinking something, you know. He goes, he goes, actually, he goes, nothing financially changed. Nothing, no problems got solved. I mean, all my problems didn't go away. In fact, he had, I said, I had more challenges. But he said, the starting of the year, what I did was I decided, I decided, that I was gonna make a conscious effort to renew my mind with scripture. So what does that mean? That means to replace thoughts that we know are not biblical with biblical thoughts. Replace thoughts that we know are not biblical. Like fear thoughts are not biblical. Because the Bible says God didn't give us the spirit of fear but a power, love, and a sound mind. So we have to replace thoughts and adopt God's thoughts what God says, because really, when you think about it, truth is, is like nuclear. You know, there's an interesting verse here. I want, I want you to look at it. And I'm, I'm kind of taking a little bit of uh, leeway with this verse, but it's found in Acts chapter 26 and verse 2. Paul is before King Agrippa. And he says this. This is the, King, the new King James Version. He says, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself, before you, concerning the things which I have, am accused by the Jews. He said, I think myself happy. I read that one time ago. He goes, I think myself happy. I stopped right there. And I thought to myself, can you think yourself happy? I mean, I know it's not, it's, he actually means something else, but can you actually think yourself happy? I think you can. I think the, the future, the, the promises of God make the future as bright as can be. Because what happens to us is our life. Now, think about this. This is a really a profound statement. I'm going to say several profound statements. I'll tell you that it's profound before I say it. <laughs> I've done that before. And I, I said it, and nobody thought it was profound. But I think this is profound. Your life goes in the direction of your dominant thoughts. That is profound. Your life goes in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. So in other words, if you are depressed or you're despondent or you're filled with despair, it's because your your thoughts have gone in that direction. Your life goes in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. So that's why it's so important for us to understand. Like I said, Satan, Satan took the whole world captive by a lie. But basically by a thought, he got Eve to accept the thought, and then Eve got Adam to accept the thought, and basically through a lie, he took the whole human race captive. That's why Paul said in Second Corinthians ten, he said, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. So if you stop right there, you think, Well, well, you know, and I had I remember I used to we used to talk about strongholds being something out there in the atmosphere somewhere. Strongholds, you know, over cities or whatever. And, and I'm sure there are strongholds over cities. But when, when you look at that verse again, put that verse back up again. When you look at that verse again, if you keep reading there, he says, uh, is a, a stronghold is a house of thoughts. And a strong man lives in uh, a stronghold, that's not actually the verse, but that's basically what you deduce from the verse. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what happens is, you, you know how the devil gets a hold of somebody? Is he, he builds a, a house of thoughts in a person's life and then he inhabits those, that house that he built there. See, there's a a statement. Let me just make this another profound statement. Any thought that you don't take captive will take you captive. Oh, Steve, I felt that one. (laughs) That's what that verse is saying. Any thought that you don't take captive will take you captive. Any thought that you haven't taken captive has has you captive. I think the biggest problem, you know, when we talk about faith... The biggest problem with faith is not that we don't have faith. The biggest problem with faith is unbelief. And what unbelief is basically thinking. It's thinking contrary to what scriptures say. That's that's what unbelief does. And you'll see over and over again how people failed just because they didn't take their thoughts captive. Whatever, Whatever thoughts you don't take captive, take you captive. So in other words, if you want to become a captive, just just let your just let your thought life just go. And just let, you know, once you develop these super highways in your brain, just get on those super highways and just you know, just go. Well, you know, it's like and, and then people go, that's not true. But you just get on that highway and just go. Can you see what I'm saying? See, here's the thing there is nothing that affects that affects the quality of your life more than the way that we think. There's nothing that affects the quality of our life more than the way we think. You are only as free as your mind is free. You're only as free as your mind is free. You're only as fruitful as your thoughts are fruitful. That's why, going back to what Paul said, it's righteous for me to think this way. So what we're doing is, when we, we, we talk about we talk about un, un uh, we talk about pruning unproductive thoughts or nonproductive thoughts, well, how do you do that? You replace them. You replace them. You, you go. I mean, I, I mean this. I, if I said, "How many here think unproductive thoughts?" If you didn't raise your hands, I mean, I would say you're not telling the truth, because in some area, all of us do, don't we? I mean. But that's where the challenge is. And the the biggest thing is these huge strongholds that even Christians have in their brain. These huge strongholds where they have, you know, whether whether it's fear or unforgiveness or anxiety or you know, whatever it is, these huge strongholds that people have in their mind and they need to be challenged by scripture. Paul said our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, really, truth, truth is nuclear. Truth is, when truth hits you, you go, boom, wow. Something happens to you when truth hits you. I mean, it's nuclear. I mean, how many know that a lie is not stronger than the truth? You just The reason a lie takes hold of us is because we choose to believe the lie instead of choosing to believe the truth. But God's reality is found in, in his word, in his truth. That's where God's reality is found. So it doesn't matter what bondage a person is in. Truth can actually make that person free. See, let me show you a verse here. Go over here to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I didn't write this one. I don't think I wrote this one down. In verse 4, it says, It says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal mind is enmity. The word enmity means, means it's at war with. You know, they say that the word carnal is the word carnivorous, where we get, where we get a meat eater. So basically, to be carnal, to be carnal-minded means to be a meathead. So when you go, that guy's a meathead. He is. If, he, if you're carnal-minded, you're, you're, uh, just a little levity there, a little, you're a meathead. He says to be carnal-minded is enmity. The word enmity means to be at war with God. So that means you and God are at war with each other. (laughs) Well, no, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Well, your mind is is at war with Him. Your mind is warring with His principles. Your mind is warring with His scripture. Your mind is warring with His thoughts. His thoughts aren't your thoughts. You and Him aren't thinking the same on this subject. When Paul said, he says, it's right for me to think this way. It's righteous. Why? Because I'm I'm thinking God's thoughts. Isn't it wonderful to think God's thoughts? Man, it's awesome to think God's thoughts. It's so liberating, it's so freeing. When a person, when you start thinking God's thoughts, it's so liberating, so freeing. You just go, wow, it's like taking a breath of fresh air. This is awesome to think the thoughts of God. It's so empowering. Sometimes people call them power thoughts. It's so empowering. You go, Wow, that was powerful. Have you ever done that? I mean, sometimes I've actually had this happen where God will drop a thought in my heart. It's so powerful that I have to get up and walk around a little bit. You gotta walk around and go, whoosh, whoosh. Whoa, that was powerful. Whoa, lay another one on me, Lord. You know, Lay another one on me, wow. And what he says is don't lose that thought. Hang on to that thought. Amen. Because then you hang on to that thought. You and God are thinking alike. Isn't that true? Well, that's powerful. That was another profound statement. And so he says here that um, the carnal mind is he's talking to Christians. Because you can always tell you might have, like, you go, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. And they might, I might say, woo, those are all awesome. Something happens, whatever you fall back to, that's that's your core, that's your core values. Right? So in other words, if you go, I, my God, my God meets my needs according to his riches and glory, not according to this world, amen, glory to God. I don't have money to pay my rent.
2: Oh no, what am I gonna do?
1: And <laughs> eh. <laughs> We just found out what you really believe, right? It's what your thought what's your thought like? And so what, what we're saying there is that if I could pop your head open and look at your neurons, I would see a, a major highway of fear, even though you have these ideas that... Well, the Bible says he meets our needs. But, you, but really you have this highway of what are we going to do? My God, what are we going to do? Isn't that true? And so what we want to do is we want to we start. That's why, you know, I, I read one time where it said, um, you know, I was meditating. on where we're, Are you guys still with me? Are you thinking real hard or is this like, well, when is this going to be over? This is a bloodbath. You know, when is this over? One time I was, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about John the Baptist's message where he goes, Every high thing will be brought low, every low thing will be brought high. The crooked way will be made straight, the rough place is plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And so I thought, What does that mean? I mean, the high things will be brought low, the low things high, crooked way made straight. So I was riding on the bike trail. I know it doesn't look like I ride bike trail, but I was riding the bike trail. On a bicycle, I was, and this bicycle did not have a motor. I mean, have you ever seen these guys that get bicycles with motors? I mean, come on. Kind of, I mean, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of the bicycle, doesn't it? I mean, so I was riding the bicycle, and I kept thinking about the versus And all of a sudden, I noticed as I was riding down the, the bike trail, which was at one time a railroad track, I, thought, I started noticing that what they did was every dip, they filled it in. Every hill, they cut it down. Every crooked thing, they made it straight. Have you ever noticed that about railroad tracks? They don't, they don't turn much, they, unless they're in the mountains, but they don't turn much, and they're pretty straight. I mean, they have a slow de- inclines and slow declines. Thank God for that. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it hit me what What? what 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 John the Baptist was talking about, he's saying that God is going to straighten out people's thinking. God is going to straighten out people's thinking. The glory of the Lord, the the truth of God, the person who is called the truth is about to appear on the scene and he's going to straighten everything out. He's going to show you what God's really like. And that he was announcing the way for Jesus to come. See sometimes what happens a lot is when we go into a time of revival revival follows people you know really having to have ideas in their hearts and minds challenged and crooked ways being made straight and rough places plain because when you think about it when you think about how you know like if um, you know like um, you, if you went into the amazon jungle and you wanted to, you went into the Amazon jungle, and you wanted to bring a lot of stuff in there to help people, these people that live in these remote places. I mean, it's really hard, because they don't have roads. What we're going to bring is what we can got on our back, and that's what we're going to bring in there. We're going to bring that in our back, on our back, and we're going to bring that in there. That's about all we can get in there. But if you could build a road And see, that's what God's trying to do in our thinking. He's trying to build some roads. Some people are wondering, why why don't I experience the glory of God? Why don't I experience the presence of God? Because you live in a remote place spiritually. And so what happens is, well, (laughs) it took me days to get here. But I got a few things in my backpack for you. Here, Here you are. Oh, thank you very much. But where's the great things? Where are the big things? Where are the mighty things of God? Well, we can't bring those things in. We've got to get a road in here. And what has to happen is a a, a change of thinking has to happen. Because when our thinking changes, it's almost like we're building a road. How many follow what I'm saying? It's like we're building a road in there. And then all of a sudden we can drive the semis in there. And all of a sudden we can unload all kinds of stuff. But I mean, the truth is most, a lot of Christians, they live in remote places spiritually. They're hard to reach. Because we're out there, buddy, in La La Land. I don't know what La La Land is, but we're out there. (laughs) And I don't mean that we're out there in, in, in like we're really weird. The problem is we're probably too much like the world for, for God to really do something, everything he wants to do in our lives. So, that, so let me just say that again. There's nothing that affects the quality of our lives more than the way that we think. So let me give you one more verse here. Okay, I want you to turn to John chapter 8. And so you should look, there, look at that. And so the mind basically is the scene of the most intense spiritual battles. The mind is the scene of the most intense spiritual battles. Right now, there's a battle for your soul and for your life, and it's taking place in your mind. You have to either decide if you're going to accept truth and accept God's perspective, or if you're just going to go along with the superhighway that you have in your brain right now. Look at John chapter 8. In verse 31 and 32, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, Believed him. If you continue or abide in my word. Somebody just got slain in the spirit. <laughs> you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now he's talking to Jews that believed. He said, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed, So we would call them Believers. Christians. Like I said this last week, I said last week, I said we're saved by grace, but we're set free by truth. Jesus said right here, if you continue my word, he said to those Jews that believe, so they were believing Jews, Jews that believed on Jesus. So, I mean, if I ask you right now this morning, how many here are believers in Jesus? Most of us would probably raise our hand. I believe in Jesus. So let me say something. Let me tell you what Jesus would tell you. If you're a believer in Jesus, this is what Jesus would tell you. If you abide or continue in my word, you are my disciples. Indeed, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the only way to really know truth is to continue in the scriptures, continue in the word. Even if you just take 15 minutes a day to read scripture, continue in the word and develop and, 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 and close down those huge highways of fear and all these other things, start closing them down. And start, because right now, all you got is a hiking trail of God's word. You, you might have just a hiking trail. And it's hard to get, it's hard to bring stuff there because it's just a hiking trail. And we need to get a super highway so that your default, I remember I heard this preacher, he would say, Every time, he would, every time he would come into a difficult situation where something would happen, where sickness would attack their home or financial trouble would come or some other situation would come, he'd throw his hand in the air and say, thank God for another opportunity to prove that God is true to his word. Amen. Let me just say that that isn't always the case with me. But, you, but anybody can get there. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What's interesting, if you keep reading there, the, the Pharisees, the ones that Jesus was talking to, they said, well, they basically said, no, we're not in bondage. And then Jesus went on to say, now look, look at this. Jesus went on to say, Look at verse 34. I got I got a squint to see this now. It's come to that. And Jesus answered them. Most assuredly, I say to you. So here's his response. They they said that we're Abraham's descendants and we've never been in bondage because Jesus talked about being set free. In other words, we don't need your word, Jesus, because we've never been in bondage. Talk about really. Rome is running all over you. I mean, come on, you are in bondage. Then Jesus said this, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is the slave of sin. He said, whoever commits sin, habitually practices sin is a slave of sin. So that he said that in response to them saying, we've never been in bondage to anybody. He said, is that right? He goes, if you practice sin, you're the slave of sin. And then he says this, which is kind of a solemn warning. He says, And a slave does not abide in the house forever. Talking about the house of God. But a son abides forever. So what happens, what he's telling you is that sin is really dangerous. Sometimes we preach a lot on grace and we don't realize that sin is dangerous. Because sin that's unchallenged in our lives Sin that's unchallenged in our lives. Well, it's like a hook. It's going to eventually pull us away. We have to challenge it. He said, how do you challenge it? Well, he said, continue in the word. There's always scripture that will defeat and break sin's power over your life. He said that if you continue my word, you'll know the truth. And that truth that you know will free you. That uh, you got like, if you're, in bondage to something where you have chains on you. He said the truth will come along and break those chains off of your life and you walk out free. But why, like I said, every, every lie that we don't, every thought that, rogue thought that we don't take captive will take us captive. That's why we have to be, disciples are people that continue in the word. That's why sometimes you see somebody, what happened to them? You know, I just, Every once in a while you read a story like in a magazine like Charisma or something where somebody who was a preacher or something, all of a sudden he just says, I don't believe in God anymore. I'm leaving my wife. I'm whatever, doing this. You're like, do you ever go like, what is going on? How dumb can you be and still breathe? Does somebody have to tell you to take a breath every year? Breathe now. I mean, come on. But I'll guarantee you that there's something. That they, some, some thought that they didn't take captive, that took them captive. See, you have to answer the voice in your head. You've got to answer it with scripture. You've got to be able to answer with scripture. That's what Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness, he answered the voice with scripture. He said, it is written. we got to be able to say, it is written. We have to fight through things. I hate to say it like that, but that's basically how it is. And so it's so powerful. Scripture is so powerful. And if we give ourselves to Scripture and allow allow God's word to to, to talk, talk to us and touch our lives, freedom is available to every single person. Freedom is available. In fact, it's so close. It's right here. It's nigh thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. The word of faith which we preach is right there. Freedom is of this. We should dub this book the book of freedom. The book of freedom. And and what happens is it, it, it causes lies to lose their grip on you. Let's all stand together as the worship team comes. So I want you to think about this right now as you're standing there. Let's just close our eyes just for a moment as the worship team comes. So, if I said this, and if this was true, I I say it because I think it's scriptural. If it wasn't scriptural, then I wouldn't say it. But your life moves in the direction of your dominant thoughts. So if you think about your life right now, or you think about your thought life, which direction is your life moving in? You know, it's, it'd be interesting if 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 you if you had a thought and you went there right, it went to the destination right away. At least you'd be able to see. I ended up here because of this. The problem is you don't go there right away. It's like thoughts create actions, actions create habits, habits create. You you see what I'm saying? It goes down until finally you get to a destination. But it starts way back here with with thoughts that you don't take captive. The enemy enemy tries to build a house of thoughts in your life. A house. He, he He doesn't live there just because of one thought. But he tries to build a house of thoughts in your life. And then he has access to those thoughts, to your life. Those thoughts, that house of thoughts give him access. That's why Paul said, don't give the devil an opportunity. Well, if there was no danger, then why would Paul say, don't give him an opportunity? There's danger. There is danger. There's, there's always danger when you're dealing with things spiritual things that's why it's so important that we stay with scripture that we, we align our thinking with scripture when you align your thinking with scripture what happens is you're aligning your yourself with god because god these are god's thoughts and so here so if you're spiritually minded you your life produces life and peace if you're spiritually minded, you produce life and peace. If you're carnal minded, it leads to, the Bible. Romans chapter 8 says it leads to destruction. Carnal mind will always lead your life to destruction. And so a lot of times what happens is, people don't realize is that the enemy, what he does is he takes and puts a thought in your mind. And, and we, when we start thinking it, the more we think about it, the wider that road becomes and the more bondage the enemy can bring to, into our lives based on that highway. that we're Because we're giving ourselves to those thoughts, like their lust thoughts or their fear thoughts or uh, uh, unforgiveness thoughts, whatever they are. Anxiety, whatever it is, those thoughts, be, they, the more you think those thoughts, the wider that highway gets and the more bondage the enemy can bring. So that, that, that's why we have to abandon that highway. Road closed. <laughs> I like that. I just thought of that right now. That just came into my mind. I'm going I'm to consider that an inspirational thought. Road closed. A new road is now under construction. A new road is now under construction that is based on the promises of God's word. Do you have something you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> go, let's say, go ahead.
2: No, you, I don't want to break up with you. I'm <laughs> <you must not. laughs> They're done, they're done, they're, they're well done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a great service. Stephanie... Uh, started this thing out here and uh, she said God wants to rewrite our story and uh, a lot of times in the in, in the worship service I don't like tracking the words because it takes so much mental effort so I'll sing with the melody and I'll sing my own melody when everybody else is singing and I found myself singing God rewrite my story and then Stephanie came up here and said that. And, and then she talked about the circumstance versus the destination. I'm going to throw this thing out here. It might seem crazy too, but I love hunting. And I thought of this little parallel. When I see the target, what I want to shoot, that's the promise that I want to receive. The gun in my hand shoots a bullet, and the bullet is the promise that flies through the air. And if I don't take my eye off the target, I'll get what I'm shooting at. So we really need to keep the focus because there's so many things that want to come in and distract us. But there's one thing that I wanted to come up here and do, and maybe you'll like this, maybe you won't, but I wrote a song about 10 years ago, Building New Highways in My Brain. So I haven't sang here for a long, long time, but I, if you would be patient with me. Uh, <laughs> and I haven't sang this song for a long, long time, but I would like to try it. Would that be all right? To behold, that's what we will become. Mm-hmm. But if our inner focus is on God's will for our life and His promises towards us, mm-hmm. we will become what we behold. Wow. So, this is, I mean, I always love that when Steve starts talking about the mind, because to be honest, even in my own Christian life, that has been the greatest transformation able to take thoughts captive. They're taking me down highways that I don't want to go down. So, about 10 years ago, my son Aaron was in medical school and, uh, in Duluth and every time I would call him, he was so captivated, it owned him, that the only thing he talked about was what he was learning. And most of the stuff would just smoke my wires. I don't know <laughs> what in the world you're even saying. (laughs) But I do remember this. He was going through neurology, I believe it was, and he started talking to me about this whole mind thing, how even in the medical, in the science field, where they've discovered that when you begin to think thoughts, you actually get a wrinkle in your brain, and it's like a highway. Just keep going down, keep going down. Medical says you can change it, but it takes a lot of effort. Effort. You can get that old wrinkle to move out, and you can plow another one. I remember, uh uh-huh, wow, that's powerful. So uh, when I hung up the telephone, I went and wrote this song. Let me try it (laughs) again. strongholds in jesus name we're building there's road construction going on upstairs
1: Praise God. That's a picture, huh? Well, I'm going to give the, uh, I want want the prayer counselors to come forward and we're going to give the opportunity if you'd like to be prayed for, maybe you want somebody to pray for your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Lord, there's a few roads up there that need to have a, uh, what do you call it, Uh, 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 well, road closed. I'm starting to think of the road closed sign. We need a road closed sign on that that particular road right there, and we need another road, amen. Because right now we have a, a hiking path, but we need to move more stuff, and we need to widen it, amen. So uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity as soon as uh, I dismiss you. If you need prayer, and maybe if um, if you if if we get clogged up up here. Uh, because it's kind of one of those altar calls or calls to prayer that I, I, almost everybody could respond to. But maybe you, maybe you're in a situation where I really need prayer. But even if you're not in a, you really need prayer, you just need prayer, this would be a good opportunity to do this. Amen? Well, God's good, isn't He? So how many followed that followed that? That's pretty clear, right? And we want to just think God's thoughts. That's what we want. Amen. So, If you do need prayer, please come forward as soon as I dismiss. Otherwise, we do have those books out there, the coffee bars out there. I just pray, God, that you have the most awesome week. Amen. God bless you, everybody. You're free to go.